Good morning! <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like the music. I like this one, you know. I always come back to it once in a while, you know. The last couple of times I put some different music, but hey, you know. Uh, this is a good one. Good, nice, happy music, you know. So <laughs> Well, good morning to our viewers and our listeners. Uh, welcome to the show, Coffee Time with Marie Tosia and CPA. If you are returning to the show, welcome back. If you are new, uh, please give us a thumbs up or a hands up in the chat so we, we know you are new. Um, go ahead, subscribe, like uh, the pages or the channel that you are watching us on. Uh, we go live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. I'm your host, Marie Tarosian. I'm a CFO, an auditor, a certified public accountant, and a chartered global management accountant. I use my proprietary and registered methodology to help business owners that achieve their first million to 10x their profits. Um, I also have a, a matching e-course uh, that is ready for you to access at theprofitlab.biz slash programs. I'm also a Green Cardone licensee, and I coach businesses in sales, marketing, finance, and money mindset. Uh, you can check out some of my plans on the profitlab.biz slash uh, plan slash wait profitlab the profitlab.biz slash plans dash pricing sorry guys it, it was a, a mouthful uh, <laughs> i'm also the author of two books the complete guide to business growth and the business owner's guide to operational accounting so you can find those books available to you and actually i, I added a um a workbook there for 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 finance financial health so you can check that out too um and it's going to be on the profit slash shop so with that i always have uh my friend uh, and, and tax colleague pedro gonzalez join me every thursday good morning pedro good morning marie good 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 morning from south florida <laughs> as hot as can be <laughs> but no, still beautiful and uh it's an awesome day it is an awesome day every yeah. day we wake up is an awesome day <laughs> every day exactly that's a good point thank you so uh with that said uh this is Pedro Gonzalez CPA your business and tax strategist helping uh, you and all your clients uh with uh tax minimization I know that Woo! a lot of people are concerned about their their taxes uh, developing tax strategies to uh, uh, minimize your, your, your the tax bite. Uh, exit strategies, as I mentioned before, many times all of us are going to exit. It just depends on how. So now's the time to start planning, to start uh, looking in how to devise the strategies on how to improve uh, the valuation of your business and minimize uh, the tax bite when we are ready to exit. And uh, cash flow. Cash flow is lifeblood for any business, regardless of size and industry. Yes. So we have ways uh, to help you, you know, analyze the numbers and go beyond the basics uh, that, you know, that most uh, people receive on uh, bookkeeping and accounting services in helping your business improve uh, liquidity, uh, which, again, is uh, the lifeblood of any business. Uh, I have uh, the, the Real Estate Investors Tax Guide. Uh, it comes with, uh, with this, uh, an e-course. Uh, that goes follows after in the newsletter that goes off for those are interested in the real estate uh, investment world. Uh, it's still a great uh, opportunity out there. If you decide to uh, venture into that area, we'll be glad to uh, receive your information, see how we can help you uh, do it properly. 
absolutely. And I'm just uh, making sure to, to run the banner there to get the real estate investor guide. Go to pedrocc.com slash the real estate investor guide. You'll be able to sign up there to get the, uh, the ebook and then you'll be offered uh, the newsletter and all that stuff uh, from there. So um, so with that, before we start today's uh, conversation, I wanted to, by the way, guys, if you see my eyes going in different directions because I have like three screens and I'm constantly watching the chat and all of that stuff. So, um, so uh, bear with me here. Uh, <laughs> so um, just a quick summary of things that we've talked about in the past. You know, we've talked about uh, financial analysis. We've talked about uh, E2 investor visas, which by the way, guys, there's, there's going to be a lot of um, investors coming into the U.S. Uh, because of different things happening around the world, um, there's a lot of money going to come in here. So if you want to sell your business, bring to what Pedro was saying, this is the time to make sure your business is purchasable at the highest price possible. So uh, if you need help getting your, your books in order, you want to get evaluations, and you want to see where you stand, this is the time. So we are here to help you out. Very good. Also, we've talked about um, you know, the IRS audits and the financial audit differences. And, and as you know, with the Inflation Reduction Act, we've covered that section as well in the past two, three, two, two episodes, last episode and a few episodes ago. And we'll be talking more about that. There's been quite the fear of, you know, what is going to happen. Please go back and check some of the IRS audits that we've covered in the past um, to kind of get you prepared on what to do. We also talked about messy books a few times, and we keep repeating that. It is so important. Mm -hmm. Don't panic. Don't freak out. Just go check the videos or the audio on the messy books episodes, and you'll be able to get yourself in order and check the boxes. To, Did I do this? Did I do this? Just use it as a checklist, and you'll be fine. And if you need extra help, we're always here for you. Um, with that, so today's conversation is going to be completely random because it's more like a, a you know a situations that we encountered this week. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, one of them being the, uh, the ERC tax credit, right? Pedro, I'm going to let you kind of maybe give us a, a, another overview. I know uh, we've we've covered that in a in a past episode, uh, employee tax redemption credit. But could you please give our audience just a, a brief overview and then we'll get into the specific situation that we encountered. Yeah, the, the ERTC, the Employee Re uh, employee Retention Tax Credit, uh, believe it or not, still available. This came out of uh, the, the CARES Act back in yes. two, uh, 2020 and it's still available for those that want to apply for it. Uh, I will encourage anybody that has not done it to at least have the calculation and we can certainly help you look at your situation. Just, you know, send us a, a uh, there'll be some basic information will be required of you. And then we can see if, if you still qualify for that. But it, it is a, it is it is a available and uh, <clears throat> the all the specifics are. Uh, we, you know, my, my suggestion is to go back into the prior episodes and, and you'll find out the details are behind it. Um, now, the the uh, the situation that, that you and I were discussing. Yes, <laughs> uh, that that's an interesting situation because one of at least for tax uh, from the tax standpoint, one of the, the confusions is uh, and it's happening right now, for example, somebody that now in 2022 finds out, hey, I, I can apply because you can still, the thing is that you can apply 
for 2020 and 2021. In reality, the period of uh, coverage uh, for the credits is, is the third quarter of 2021. However, you can still apply. You can apply right now and you have to go back to 2020, the payrolls of those years and 2021, right. the first three quarters, 2021, and still apply for that. Now, the question, there was a lot of confusion back in 2020, at the beginning of 2021. Okay, so how do I treat this for tax purposes once I receive the credits? So imagine now in 2022, you're going to now apply and then you're going to say, okay, so now I'm receiving these dollars, but the calculations based on, on deductions back in 2020 and 2021, assuming that you're already filed. So in those cases, uh, what you you know you need to match those. You cannot take those credits in this year in 2022 return. You have to actually amend those returns. Right. You have to amend those returns 2020, 2021, and apply those credits in the year where the, the deduction that were used to, or the, in this case, the, the payroll expense that was um, uh, used for the calculation. You have to go and then so therefore you get these dollars. You have to say, okay, this these uh, ERTC that I received uh, this year is related to 2020 payroll. I have to amend 2020 to then apply it to that return. Right, right, absolutely. And and so the situation that we encountered was, you know, the 2020 was in the books was updated, corrected. So now it was going to be amended. And then there was, uh, you know, so the 2021 related credit should be recorded in 2021. And then, you know, if you haven't filed your taxes for 2021 yet, then, you know, it's still good. You can file it now. But if you have filed it and now you're getting the credit, now you have to amend it. Um, so then the other situation arose from this was in this specific client's case is that before they received the actual credit from the IRS, the actual dollars back, um, they were factoring it, right? And by and, and by mistake, the the factoring fee and the commissions, all that was recorded in 2021. Mm. Yeah. But the actual factoring agreement is in 2022. Right. So guys, this is where you know you start messing up the books really badly, yeah. <laughs> creating yeah. chaos. You may end up amending the tax return with the wrong numbers. And so this is where you really, really want to make sure if 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 you're trying to do something like that with any kind of a receivable, you know, it could be your your tax credit or it could be some other receivable that you are factoring it out to receive the money. Now, you're going to go by the agreement date to record that type of transaction. So if the agreement is in 2022, the transaction needs to be recorded in 2022 and not going back um, to, to that. I hope that helps out, guys. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a good point. It's a very good point because uh, in in this scenario, you're talking about two different transactions. Yeah. Each one has to be uh, recorded according to the event. You know, the the factoring happened in 22, even though it has to do with 2021, 2020 uh, ERTCs. This uh, company was successful in factoring that. But then the factoring is is a separate event and it has right. to be recorded separately and in that case whatever the factoring uh, expenditures uh fees whatever uh, is a 2022 event right right absolutely absolutely so this was one of the very cool unique situations we saw there and we really wanted to make sure oh my goodness if that many people do that and they record it bad like you know so we want to make sure to give you guys you know these unique situations that happen that you may not even think of yeah. and you may end up doing it wrong. 
Um, and these are not something that you're going to find all the time. If you just, well, how do I record your RTC tax credits? That's not going to be something you're going to find easily. So now we're telling you. Um, okay. So another situation we encountered this week was uh, one of, uh, you know, a foreign individual mm -hmm. filed for, for to, to, a foreign individual, an investor who's still waiting for his social. Um, ended up filing uh, to get an EIN number for his company through a cousin who has the social security number. However, um, there was no transfer file <laughs> properly. And now they have to do the taxes. <laughs> How do you solve that, Pedro? How do you solve this? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, this one uh, is, again, I'm not going to get into the the, the the specific of the legal, but I think uh, right. yeah. something that that could happen in situations like this is, uh, you know, and in, in, in this scenario, I don't know why they, they have to use this other individual yeah. to because, you know, you, you they could have set up the the corporation with the, the foreigner. They, they typically what happens is the foreigner will have to then file a W-7, get a, a, an I-10 which is, will be temporary, okay. at least allow him uh, uh, or uh, he, uh, the individual, the foreigner, allow the, them to operate uh, with that I-10 and it is like, for example, filing for EINs, even open, in some cases, open bank accounts and things like that. At least it gives them a, a temporary number that they can start operating. But in, a, in this specific situation, what do you do? Let's say that you're already in that situation where you you used, uh, you know, a friend or a family member to at least uh, uh, file for the EIN, then the solution is that, well, you have to now replace that person because now that individual, right. if you do nothing, what happens is that if you do nothing, the IRS doesn't know the, the, the operating agreement. They have no copy of that. You have to understand that maybe your operating agreement mentions Marie as the as the sole member. Let's assume an right. LLP, Marie, he just got into the country as an investor and she's now opening this this uh, operation here in the united states and she shows up on the legal documents as the sole member but for whatever reason instead of marie submitting the the ein application to the irs putting her name because she doesn't have yet a social she could have gotten an i-10 but let's say that she didn't and so i need to do it right now so she puts her let's say uh her friend a family member so now he sends that application to the IRS. What the IRS knows is that we're assigning an EIN to ABC Torosian Investments LLC, where now that's all they know. They know, they know again, remember that the LLC is, is a creation of the state. Right. You know, we have discussed it before. I'm not going to go into the specifics, yes. but you have to understand that for an IRS, an LLC, in essence, it doesn't exist. Right. You know what I mean? It's either, you know, uh, individual, corporation, partnership, trust. That's it. Right. So you go with this LLC and you don't say anything else. They're going to say, well, instead of Marie, it shows up, I don't know, her cousin, uh, Joe. You know what I mean? So now Joe is the one that it shows up on the application. <laughs> and Joe is kind of for purposes of them to say, well, Joe is the one applied for the EIN. We're going to send this. And now Joe's going to show up on the IRS records as sole member. Now, so it's right. like Joe, uh, sole member of, you know, ABC, Torosian Investments, LLC. Now, what happens is, uh, you know, legally, Marie is uh, the, the, the member. 
she's the, right. the sole member and she's going to go and file now nothing done what could happen i'm not saying this it could happen is that now there's going to be a mismatch because the the irs is expecting is joe to report the the income and expenses of abc torosian investments llc but instead marie is the one showing up on on the on the records with this entity right where marie has does not show up on their database right right so the the way to solve it is uh in 8822b that is filed and to uh change the the representative change the in essence the the represent the representative for the irs records again the legal documents marie is, is there what marie needs to do right. now, she goes and file this document unfortunately cannot be faxed it cannot be emailed it has to be mailed it has to be signed it cannot be digital signatures to prevent any further, because we have seen situations, the individual goes and do these digital signatures and they, and they kick it back. Now, understanding that the IRS backlogs and so on, this might take a while. My suggestion, certify mail, keep a copy, uh, yeah. and to show record that, okay, I started here, we, we did this uh, uh, incorporation or registration or organization documents, then I, I changing the, the representative and now I'm filing. Now Marie's gonna go and file. Let's assume a single member, she still has until October 15th to file, but she files that document, you know, my suggestion as soon as possible. So then at least you can right. show that I submitted this to the IRS. Here's my records. And now Marie is gonna show it on, on, on her tax return. She might receive a letter later saying, oops, Marie, uh, you have something here that does not belong to you. Or we have some further question. Marie can then attach a copy in response to the IRS uh, question, question. And saying, here is uh, my change of ownership. It might still not be on the record, so IRS doesn't know yet because it's, it's buried in a pile of, uh, of correspondence. But at least Marie did the, the you know, the, the prudent thing is that she get copies, she send it certified. She has proved that the IRS received it because she uh, requested a return receipt. And she can send that now to the IRS in response to that letter. Yeah. Now that, that this is great information because I know this is going to happen, and I really wanted to bring it up because, like we talked about earlier before the we went on the show, and then as I mentioned uh, in the opening remarks, is you know there's so many investors coming into the U.S. This is something they need to know. If if someone here that's helping them out, you know, in the U.S., they have someone helping them out. Please pay attention to these things. You know, don't complicate the matter. There is a way to just have an ITIN and have a business as an as a foreigner in the United States. I mean, I don't think any other country does this. I don't know, but you know, they've made it very easy for foreigners to open up businesses here and or start businesses or purchase businesses here. So I don't see why there's a need to complication. So make it keep it easy. Get the ITIN and get it done. Keep it simple. Exactly. <laughs> and find uh, qualified professionals that can help you in yeah. the immigration process, setting up the companies, the, the accounting, uh, the, the record keeping, so that you can show your investment uh, that you made here in the United States. Uh, right. All of that becomes critical uh, to all the process documentation you're filing with the IRS. Uh, you know, all of that process uh, needs to be properly documented so then you prevent unnecessary, uh, unnecessary headaches. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we had another situation, I guess, not a situation, but we've had a, uh, and you mentioned it too, a lot of people are starting to really worry about the, you know, the IRS audits. And I know we've covered it in the past, 
um, and with the new the, the the new law of the you know in, in the Inflation Reduction Act and the new hiring of agents and all you know everybody's kind of like a little bit worried. So uh, what can they expect as to IRS audits? And hopefully they've done their books correctly. Hopefully they've done everything correctly. So they shouldn't worry. Yeah. But if they are so worried, obviously we can help them out. But how far back does the IRS go and check? Yeah, no, that, that, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, because that came up with a question. Yeah, I was talking to somebody and they asked me how far exactly. How far? Can <laughs> you well, you know, again, you Google the, the general rule is three years, mm -hmm. three years from the, the, the and again, it's three years from the time you file. OK, OK, so meaning I think you understand if you file today, 2020, 2021, guess what? What three years start counting from today? Yeah, okay. we've been so, saying that for a while. I, I know, it's, a, it's, it's important because all of this, this is why you have to hire the right people and it, because there's different time frames and time clocks that you have to run because some people assume I file it today and then I file 2020, well, one, two, you know, so I only have a couple months left. No, the IRS says, no, we start counting from the point you file. But then again, that's the general rule. You go to the website. I'm going to read to you what the website of the IRS says with respect to IRS audit. It says, generally, comma, the IRS can include returns filed within the last three years in an audit. If we identify substantial error, we may add additional years. And it's, it follows. It says, we usually don't go back more than the last six years. So mm -hmm. they're already telling you there that the three year is the general rule generally the IRS. So that's the general rule. Now, if they identify substantial errors, then they can go add additional years. Uh, in, in, and again, they say no more, you know, usually no more than the six years. And, and I keep highlighting these keywords because that's, you know, what happened with the tax code. The tax code uses certain keywords mm -hmm. that can open this. Now you say, well, okay, so no more than six years. No, no, that's not what I said. What it says is usually meaning that they could actually expand it more than the six year if they see right. fit under circumstances. Right. But as a general rule, it's three years, okay. and they could go up to six years in, in some circumstances. Now, uh, what happens, what generally happens is uh, when you omit, you know, they say substantial error. Okay, so they, again, what what is substantial error? Yeah, you know I mean, because again, they don't define it. Uh, right. right, it's so general. All exactly. the terms are so oh, open yeah. and general. Exactly, that's how yeah. the code is written. That's why, again, you gotta you gotta dig in. You gotta continue. It's like an onion. You know, you continue, <laughs> and then uh, and that's why you are gonna be crying. Really, <laughs> you can <laughs> my mind. <laughs> exactly, you continue peeling that, and it's like, oh, damn it! But the more usually, you peel, the more you're gonna cry. <laughs> yeah, so. The substantial error, uh, as a general rule, is uh, when you uh, omit more than 25% uh, of your income. Yeah. And again, this, uh, the, don't don't quote it like a, the, it has to be the exact 25%. What if it's 24.5 or 24%? You know, uh, I'm telling you, as a general rule, if you omit it. Now, again, keyword, omitted. Believe it or not, the definition of the IRS of omitted will most likely uh most people will not believe what they consider omitted because when you and i talk about omission is what it was left out 
left out completely. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, Marie, you omitted uh, to report XYZ 1099. You know, you left it out. That's yeah. omission. The IRS has argued uh, heavily on this and has been debated, believe it or not, has been debated even in tax court that omission, according to the IRS, and I'm going to read something here, it says uh, uh, that the IRS has a more of a broader uh, view, obviously, of what omission is. And, and they're saying also that, <laughs> that omission also means uh, when you underreport. Meaning that mm -hmm. you know your argument that say Marie, you receive a notice and say, uh, Marie, uh, we're we're charging you with substantial uh, uh, underreporting. You say no, but I report it. It's just that I, I report it. For example, let's say something that had a a, a, a basis of a uh, let's say three hundred thousand, and then you go ahead and say, well, you know the the I'm going to report that my cost is. Let's say that. Let's assume that really was fifty, but Marie goes and puts a hundred. So she reported. Yeah. You know what I mean. But, so what happened is that she, you know, bumped up the the, the cost from fifty to let's say a hundred, and reduced her gain. Right. So she underreported her. She term. underreported exactly. But the IRS say no, no. She omitted. <laughs> she omitted. They're, they're thinking that, well, she omitted that portion that she did not report. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, uh, and so that that is that's one you can get yourself into a little bit of trouble. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting concerned with uh, the situation now with the IRS, the IRS funding, the, the all of the information going out there. We discussed this uh, uh, in details on, on previous uh, podcast. Uh, again, my advice is not to panic, is that if you believe that you have some things uh, of concern, my suggestion is to go back and start, if necessary, to amend. Is the time is to amend this now, not right. to wait until you get already the IRS notice. You believe it or not, once you get a, a notice for audit, you cannot amend. Even if you have, you know, you received the notice today. So, oops, let me go back and amend it today. The IRS can innocent bill. It will not process anyways because you're already under audit. Right. Right, understood. Yeah. So even though you might go to the agent and say, "Oops, no, I, I already reported," uh, is it, is not valid. So that's why is uh, if you have situations of concern, the, the the right thing to do, the prudent thing to do is to you know to start addressing it now. If it's a bookkeeping issue, let's say your records are poorly kept, now's the time to fix it. If it's an issue of something that you believe, hey, you know, my maybe my cost basis was not, I probably fudged it a little bit is to uh, seek advice now right. because the, the, the big concern is going to be when it comes into the uh, what they consider tax fraud and this is we can we can probably discuss that in another topic yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is uh, that is something that you know if you believe that your numbers are uh, there's some areas of concern where the spread is, is too big then you enter into another arena and that is uh, you know tax fraud and those are heavily uh, uh, penalized yeah. Uh, so that's something to be concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And then we mentioned it before too, you know, this is the best time to to plan for the for not only yeah. for this upcoming year ending, you know, we're only uh, you know, 3 months away technically September for me. It's, it's the beginning of September and I feel like it's almost finished, but you know, it's almost the last quarter of the year, so this is a good time to start looking not only forward like how this year is going to end what you're going to plan for this year and next year but this is a great opportunity to look back and see if there's anything that you need to fix amend correct 
um, so that you can take care of it, you know, in a proactive manner. And you can show that good intent, the, the due diligence and all the right things you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> and you brought up a good point, Anna, you know, not to get ahead of the of a future conversation about tax fraud, but is, you know, the is intention, you know, what I mean, the, yes. the, it's, it's one of the areas you're going to look at. And so by you correcting, you know, the processes and so on, you can demonstrate, you know, I it was an error. You know I mean, so I, I, right. I was unaware of the law. Uh, you know, so you can you you have time now, like as you say, Marie. Now is the time to not only address prior years, but uh, to correct our 2022. Now is the time for planning. Uh, it's a good um, break point that you can look at your your three quarters and then start uh, preparing for the last quarter of 2022. Right. Start making whatever modifications you need to make as far as your approach, uh, deductions, uh, whatever the strategies you need to develop uh, towards the, the end of 2022. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I know another conversation is to be had on, on definitely separately on the, the IRS fraud, which I'm going to put a note now. So we will cover it next time. And the other thing I wanted to kind of cover, I, I guess, in the upcoming episodes is, um, you know, when taxpayers choose to, let's say, keep their books in a cruel basis and then they do the taxes on cash basis or vice versa, or they, they keep changing, which actually creates quite a chaos in itself so i think that's another area of conversation i'd love to have uh in the future episodes yeah there, there's a, a proper way to do it with the irs uh whenever you have a change uh, of accounting method and it has to be done properly otherwise uh, yeah. yes absolutely so uh i hope everybody you know we, we had quite a few people joining us today it was very exciting. We always look look at the number. I keep the check on the number always and the interactions. And I, I love it that there's more people, you know, really benefiting from our, uh, you know, show and the podcast. And, you know, as you know, you can always get access to the recordings uh, going back to the channel, you know, on YouTube, Facebook or uh, LinkedIn. You can also have access to the audio version on multiple podcast channels like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, and, and many more like Stitcher. There's so many of them. But to know exactly where you can find all of them and the links to how to how to listen, you could go to marieterosiancpa.com slash podcast. And there you'll be able to listen right on the on the website, or you can choose one of the other podcast channels that we are on, and you can listen through your favorite channel of our, our show. So um, stay, stay, stay with us and we're going to give you all the strategies and, and uh, uh, rules and regulations related to accounting and tax uh, to help you with your business. So with that, it's, uh, it's time. Uh, it's the 30 minute mark. So um, we want to be cognizant of, of, of our um, listeners and viewers who are business owners. We want to be cognizant of their time. So with that, as, as always, I will leave you with the quote of motivational speaker Jim Ron. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I hope we are two of the five people you're spending your time with to grow, to learn and grow your business. So until the next episode, I ha have a wonderful week and, have, uh, you know, uh, see you next week. <laughs> Take care. Bye.